Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We're super excited about our time together. We are walking through a series right now called It's Not Over. And here's the truth for uh, that title, that sermon series is It's Not Over. The truth is that if, that if you're if you're hearing this message, if you're, if you're breathing today, which probably means everybody that's hearing this message, it means God has a plan and a purpose for your life. It means God has big dreams and big plans for you because he's a big God and he does big things. And so we're going to talk today in our time together. We're going to open God's word. We're going to look at, at, the, at a, the life of one particular man and how God's purpose for him was so great. And, and, and the questions that, that may have been going on in, in this gentleman's mind, this guy's name is Moses. You may have heard of him before. One of the greatest leaders I believe the world has ever seen. And it's so cool that God put so much of his life on paper for us to be able to read and learn about God and his heart for for people in in and through that. So we're going to spend our time today talking about Moses. We're talking in Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to talk about the, the idea and, and answer some questions that I think that I, I know that I've wrestled with. Maybe you have as well. Some, some questions and, and, and thoughts about being alone, about struggling to find our place, about feeling by ourselves, like thinking maybe things aren't right. And, and maybe I should just, you know, maybe if I leave, everything will be better. I think a lot of people feel this way. I know I have. I, there's there's probably times in my life recently where I felt like I, I don't even know if I belong, like what's going on, what what's happening in my life. And so we're going to talk about today and answer a few questions. The first of these questions we're going to talk about is, do you struggle to fit in? We're talking about Moses. I'm trying to give you a little bit of context. Looking back into chapter two, Moses is he's born into a, a, a he's born into a Jewish family, Jewish culture, Jewish heritage. And, and the Egyptians are in power at the time, and out of fear and different things, Pharaoh says, hey, let's kill all the, the Jewish boys that are born. Well, Moses' mom doesn't want to, to do that, as a mother shouldn't. Moses doesn't want to do that. She doesn't want, to, doesn't want to offer her son up to this group of people for them to do whatever they want to do with him. And so she puts him in a basket, and she sends him down the river. She says, you know what? God's in control. I'm going to send him down the river and God will take care of him. Well, just downstream, Pharaoh's daughter is down there and she sees this beautiful baby and she says, you know, I'm going to take this baby home with me. I'm going to take him home and make him mine. And so she says, you know, but but as we do that, I'm going to need some help raising him. So we need a nanny. So they go on this nanny search. They search for this for this perfect lady that would come in and help raise this young man that she's just adopted. Well, through all the applications and God's divine sovereignty, God sends Moses' mom as the one that's going to raise him. They selected, Pharaoh's daughter selects Moses' mom to be his nanny, which you can't make it up. It's just God at work, right? And so Moses finds himself being raised in, in one culture, in that Egyptian culture, but at the same time being raised by someone who would teach him about his, his birth culture, who he really is, who God says he is. And so Moses would find himself in this, in this compete, in these competing cultures. And I think if you, if you have a relationship with Christ and that's a relationship that's growing and thriving, I think we probably can identify with that. Sometimes we just don't, we wonder, do, do I fit in? How 
I, what is my place? But Moses found himself just feeling like, man, I don't know what to do. This is weird. I'm, 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 I'm part of this royal family. I've got the Wi-Fi password. I've got keys to the front doors. I've got all this stuff that go with being a part of this family. But at the same time, what is my birth mother is telling me about my real family? who I really belong to, who I really am deep down inside, who God, who this God has created me to be. And so he's struggling to fit in. And, and I think, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever felt that way. I, I know I felt that way as an adult. I felt that way as a young man. You know, I didn't necessarily uh, fit in with the athletes. I didn't necessarily fit in with the smart kids. I didn't really fit in with the band kids. I just, I found myself struggling to fit in as a young guy. And I found myself trying to fit in and struggling in that relationship, even as an adult. But this is, and this is where I think Moses found himself, and this is what God's word says about it. Uh, fast forwarding to, to, to chapter three of Exodus, I, I want us to see that this, this passage speaks to the, the identity and, and, and the relationships. It says, Meanwhile, my, while Moses was shepherding the flock of his father in law Jethro, the priest of Midian, he fled the, he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire, but it was not consumed. And so Moses finds himself in a place that he, he's, he's, he's really trying to hide. And we're going to look at that in a minute. But I think it's God's way of saying when he appears to him, Moses, I see you. And so when we struggle to fit in and we don't know like where our place is and we're kind of in between these people and these people or this group and that group and whatever, we struggle to, you know, am I, do I even fit in? And God knew, we see this right here in this passage, because God appeared to him in the middle of a desert, God knew exactly where Moses was. There's no, there's no doubt. God knew where Moses was. God knew exactly where he was. God saw him. God saw him where he was at, right where he was. It, it, he didn't see where he wanted him to be. He didn't see where he had been. He saw Moses where he was. I think that's true for you and I today. I want you to know this today, that God sees you right where you are. God sees us right where we are, no matter where we go, no matter how far we venture on our own, whether we feel alone, don't feel like we fit in, no matter what we feel on the inside, God sees us. And God sees us because he desires to have a relationship with us. And we're going to see that's true in Moses' case as well. But you'll never be anywhere. <clears throat> you'll never be anywhere in your life that God can't find you, that God doesn't see you. And I don't mean that in a creepy way, like, oh, no, God's watching me. That's weird. I don't mean it that way. But I, I'm talking about God's talking about in a loving, caring way. We see, we see this true in, in Proverbs 15. It says, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. He's watching over the wicked and the good. Guess what? You fit in there somewhere. Somewhere between wicked and the good, you, you and I fit into that. Now, I'll let you figure out which side of that equation you may land on. In uh, your opinion of that, for me, may be different than my own. But what I'll tell you is you and I find ourselves in there somewhere. We, we are seen by God. God watches over everyone because he's big and he loves people. And we are his creation and he desires a relationship with us. We see that in, in Psalm chapter 33, uh, verse 18. Now the Lord, the, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. Second Chronicles 69, the eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth and he shows himself strong for those whose heart is completely his. I think it's just super cool to know and understand that God sees us. And so do you struggle to fit in? I want you to know that God sees you. Even if you don't fit in in some of those circles, God sees you. 
Here's another question I think we can ponder today together. Do you dream of running away? Have you ever dreamed of just running away? There's a country song that comes to mind. I won't sing it. I'll spare you that. But, you know, have you ever just dreamed of running away? I know at different times and different moments and for different people, you know, there's this idea, man, I just, oh, I just, oh, I just want to leave. You know, Calgon, take me away. That's an old person reference maybe. But so back, looking back at Moses, back in chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, Moses is going on a walk. He's grown up a little bit. He's not a kid anymore. He's going on a walk in the Egyptian sunshine one day. Maybe he's working on his tan. Maybe he's showing off his clothes and all this. I don't know. Maybe he's swole. He's been working out in the palace gym, and he just wanted to show off his physique. You know, I don't know. But he saw an Egyptian beating up a Jewish guy. He, see, he, sees this, he sees this interaction, an Egyptian beating this Jewish guy, and Moses steps in. Uh, he probably thinks he's helping or protecting or something like that, but he kills the Egyptian. He kills the Egyptian, probably buries him. I don't know, maybe props him up against the wall and opens his eyes and make it look like he's uh, just sitting there waiting for somebody. I don't know. But, you know, Moses probably thinks, man, I did a good thing. You know, maybe that's what he's thinking. I defended my brother right here. But it doesn't quite work out that way because the next day in verse 13, it says that it says in verse 13, the next day, a similar scenario takes place. And there's two two Jewish men fighting and he tries to intervene in that to break up that fight. And and they ask him, what are you going to kill us, too? And so now the word is out is essentially what that says to Moses. Moses, everybody know what you've done. They know that you've killed this Egyptian, like there, there is a problem for him. And because people know, and because now the word has gotten to Pharaoh, if you, you can read this in chapter 2, word has gotten to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh plans to kill him because he killed an Egyptian. And, and then the next day when he tries to break up these two Jewish guys fighting, they push him away too. And so now, again, back to struggling to fit in and wanting, thinking about running away, now neither of these people groups accept him. Neither of these people groups, one's trying to kill him and one just seems like they don't want him around either. And so not only is he stuck between the two people groups that he knows, he's not accepted by either of them. It's times like that that it's easy to just run away. These people are mad at me and these people don't like me either. I'll just leave. And so the account continues that Moses, he's been in the desert for a while, right? Well, here's who Moses is at this point. He's a murderer and a shepherd. And I don't have to describe the murder part to you. Like I said, he killed this Egyptian. We just covered that. But some insight into the shepherd job was this. It's not glorious. Like like it it took little to no effort, no real experience. Like there wasn't this, you know, huge requirement to be a shepherd. It was viewed as a very low position in this culture. No leadership value, no leadership requirements. It would have been the job nobody really sought out. And according to scripture, he's doing it for his father-in-law. I mean, get this. In, in chapter 3, it says he's shepherding the flock of his father-in-law. And so I, I, I don't know about your relationship. I don't know how that would have worked out for Moses. I, I've got a great father-in-law. Now, whether I work for him or not, that may be a different story altogether. But Moses had probably, he's, he's run away. He has completely run away from from Egypt, from the palace, from from Pharaoh. He's avoiding all these scenarios. He's run, and he's probably become comfortable in the desert. 
He's probably become comfortable in his aloneness. He's satisfied with being by himself. He's comfortable being alone. He doesn't want to be around people, maybe. I don't know. He's married, but I'm guessing that if, if he's run, he's probably his marriage may not be all that great because he's alone. He, it tells me he's comfortable being by himself. He's probably maybe unhappy, maybe even depressed. I, I just, I, he probably figures it's better if I'm by myself. It was an environment that had become routine for him. It was his daily grind. I have one of those. Many people listening to this message are probably going to fall into that category. We have a daily grind, this mundane reality that every day it's get up, do this, go home, do that. It's get up, go home, do what, you know. And so the question is, is do we look for God in those everyday moments? We recently finished a series. You can go back and check on our website, and, and, and it talked about the extraordinary. Moses was in an ordinary place. There's nothing special necessarily about the desert. It's the presence of God that made it extraordinary. And so when we're in our everyday moments, we're in the normal. That's where Moses was. He was in the normal, the daily grind. Do we look for God? When we feel alone, it's easy to get lost in that and just keep your head down and just go through the motions. I've done it. I probably will do it again if I'm not careful probably will do it again because it's easy to go through the motions. We, we need to have our eyes and ears open for what the Lord has to say to us, even in the ordinary, maybe, maybe especially in the ordinary. And here's my prayer this week and, and studying and my prayer for you is, is that, that our ears would be so sensitive to the voice of the Lord that it wouldn't take a burning, burning bush moment to get my attention. But God says in, in chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, he says, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the burning bush, Moses, Moses. Well, verse 3 says, so Moses thought, after this, the angel of the Lord had appeared to him, he said, Moses thought, well, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? When the Lord saw that Moses had turned his attention to it, God called out from, to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. I mean, the bush wasn't, we see the bush was not being consumed by the fire. It's remarkable and it's not being consumed. And then the Lord calls out to him and Moses responds, here I am. What Moses is living in right this moment is the difference between knowledge and experience. So Moses being raised by his mom, even in another culture, being raised by his mom, I am, I am almost willing to guarantee that she poured into him this knowledge of God, this, this God that we serve that loves us, the God of our people. I am almost willing to guarantee that. But Moses had no experience with him. All Moses did was knew about this God. He might even have prayed to him. He might have had these, this, this, this uh, idea of what God is like. But this is where, where knowledge becomes experience. He'd probably heard of him, but the truth is he, he had no personal experience with him. And so this makes all the difference in the world. Knowing there is a, there is a God and having a personal experience with him is way different. Completely different scenarios. Because here's what, God, here's what I think God's saying to Moses in this moment. I love you. He called his name. And so Moses had run. Moses had gone as far away from uh, his circumstances as he possibly could. I think we do that all the time. Maybe our choices or somebody else's choices leave us feeling alone. <clears throat> Maybe our mistakes made him run. 
Maybe his mistakes made him run. Maybe our mistakes make us run away and, and, and hide. You know what? Here's, here's another thought. Maybe we think I'm the problem. Maybe they, we think I'm, I'm really the problem. Maybe if I leave, the problems will go away. I'll just remove myself from the scenario and the circumstances will change because I'm not there. This, that I believe, and I, I just believe this. I believe Moses probably struggled with anxiety. I believe Moses probably struggled with lots of issues, just like I do, but I believe anxiety was one of them because he ran away. I believe he was unhappy. I believe he just he wanted to be alone because he just probably didn't think he fit in, fit in, and so it's just better if I'm by myself. And I'm not here to diagnose anybody. This message is not about telling you what you need to do or what you should do. What I can tell you about is me, and I can tell you how I struggle. I struggle with these things. It's not, it's not uncharacteristic for us to think, man, everybody's forgotten us. I'm all alone. Not only have my friends forgotten me, man, my family don't want me around. You know, sometimes even extreme, God doesn't want me or doesn't want me around. I, I think it's easy in, the, in those anxious moments to run away and flee. And then the anxiety process starts in Alan's mind anyway. And I just start thinking about all the scenarios that could be, oh, Pharaoh's doing this or they're doing that. That friend is saying this and they're talking about me and they don't want me around. And a lot of that may not even be true. But we make it out to be. That's those anxious thoughts. And Philippians 4, if you want a place to go, has a lot to say about those anxious thoughts and what we should do with them. And we think the world's forgotten us. But just like in Moses' case, the love of God invades our space. And that's where Moses found himself. He's out in the middle of the desert, out in the middle of nowhere. He's all by himself with a bunch of stinking sheep. And guess what happens? Moses is there, lost in his own world, ignoring everything and, and everybody. And God steps in. It brings us together with him. That's what God's love does. It invades our space and it brings us together with him. And this is a personal relationship that is based on God's love for us because God loves you. God loves you. And what Moses saw in verse 4 is exactly this point. Things change when God calls your name because it just got personal. This is personal. When God calls your name, things change. Things in your life, things in the lives of people around you, your circumstances may not always change, but how you view your circumstances are going to change. There's all kind of change that happens when God calls your name, and that's a good thing. And so as we continue, I want to answer this question. Do you think this is all there is? And so we struggle to fit in. Sometimes we think if we just run away, it'll all be okay. And then we struggle to fit in. Uh, on top of all this, as we're struggling to fit in, we, we start to think, do you, do you think this is all there is? You know, like this is all there is. What I'm doing today, the scenario that I'm living, the circumstances that I'm in, this is all there is. But here's what God's word said uh, in, in Exodus 3 about Moses' situation. Then the Lord said, he's telling Moses, he says, I've observed the misery of my people in Egypt and have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. And I know about their sufferings. I have come, this is the Lord, I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the territory of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The Israelites' cry for help has come to me, God said, and I have also seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. He says, 
Don't miss that. Therefore, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people. You see, we were never meant to be alone. God didn't design us with solitary in mind. Community is, is so important, not for lots of reasons. In the culture around us, it's important, but and even probably more so in the church. Community is important. Having, having, having the opportunity to do life with each other, to do life together is important. And have you thought about the idea that God wants you to be his instrument for encouraging others and bringing them into biblical community? That's a note to the church today. Have you thought about the idea that, that God wants you to be the instrument for encouraging others and bringing them to him? That's where Moses found himself in this part of the passage. He had run away. He figured he's better off on his own by himself. But God, like so many times in my life and maybe in yours, he had other plans. Because his ways are, are different. His ways are higher. His thoughts are different and higher than mine. And, and he tells Moses, I've, I've heard my people crying out for help, and I'm, I'm going to help them. He says, I've come down, and I've heard all this, and I'm going to help. But he says, I'm going to send you as the leader. God said, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to use you as the instrument to bring this change about. See, people in the communities that we live in, they need to hear the gospel. They need to hear about life with Jesus. They need, to, they need to hear about the freedom that comes from knowing Christ. They need to know the unity of a body of believers that love and serve others with the sole purpose of glorifying God and bringing people to know his name. And so I, I just want to ask you a question today. If you have a relationship with Christ, I want to ask you this. Have you considered that God may, want, may be speaking to you in, in whatever environment and, and desert you may be walking through calling you out of that aloneness that you may be enjoying or, or suffering through. And, and he wants you to know that he sees you. He wants you to know that he loves you. And he wants you to know that he has a purpose for you. And maybe, maybe just like for the Israelites, God wants to answer the prayers of his people by using you and I, by using this church, by using the church, the, the bigger, the big C church, the, the body of believers that is worldwide. He wants, to, he wants to answer the prayers by using us if we'll just open our eyes and be attentive to what he, what he would have to say to us, to hear his voice calling to us, calling our name. This is a personal call. Because I thought about this when I, when I read that passage. Maybe there's somebody right now that's crying out to God. They're crying out in their misery or their despair or their circumstances and their broken relationships or whatever may be happening in their life. The oppression from sin in the world. They're calling out to him. And, and God is calling out to you in response to that saying, I've heard that. And I'm going to call your name, and I want you to be the one that goes and encourages. I'm going to use you as the instrument in my hand to go and encourage and speak life and joy and peace over these people so that they can know me. That's what God would say, so that they can know me. Not, not to make much of ourselves, but to make much of him. Because God answers prayer, and sometimes he uses us to do that. And oftentimes, when people cry out to the Lord, his answer is not to send a preacher, it's to send you. He did this with Moses. I, I just that that's an overwhelming thought for me that that I just believe that oftentimes 
not every time, but oftentimes when people are crying out to God and, 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 and there's a need or a, a situation or circumstance or a problem that, that they're walking through, I just believe so many times God, God may not send a preacher. He might. But I know one thing. I believe he'll send you to go and minister to other people so that through you he can make himself known to them and he can speak into their heart and life. In verse 12, verse 12, he makes this statement, I have a plan for you. And in verse 12, he adds to that. He says, I will certainly be with you. And this will be the sign to you that I have sent you when you bring the people out of Egypt. You'll always, you will all worship God at this mountain. I just, I love the, the statement, I will certainly be with you. And so when God spoke to Moses and he said, Moses, I see you. You can't go so far, I can't, I can't find you. Moses, I love you. I, wanna have, I want you to experience life with me. Even though you ran away, I want you to experience life with me. Moses, this isn't all there is because I have a plan for you. There's something I've got in store, and it's really going to blow your mind. And in all that, I want you to know, Moses, I'll be with you. I believe today God speaks that same message to our hearts. I'll be with you. The key component in this is when God speaks, we have to answer the question, are you listening? Are you listening either in the miraculous burning bush moments or in the everyday environments of your life? Are you listening to the call of God on your heart that would say, God, I hear you. I know you're with me. I know you love me. I know you have a plan for me, and I know you will certainly be with me as I move forward in my life. Let's pray. Today, if maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus and, and you're, you're saying, I, I, I've never heard that call. I don't have that experience with God. I, I know of him, or maybe you don't. I would invite you to, to spend time with Jesus, to listen to him. I'd invite you today to, to spend time with the Lord, to, to listen to his call on your life, because just as he told Moses, I believe he wants you to know today that he sees you, he loves you, he has a purpose and plan for you, and he promises to be with you always. Jesus said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the earth, into the, into the a, end of the age. And essentially what that means is Jesus said, there's nothing that's going to happen once you start a relationship with me that's going to separate you from my love and from me. And so if today you want to make that confession that you need Christ in your life, that, that you're tired of carrying the weight of anxiety and aloneness and fear and discouragement, and you're tired of walking through that on your own, and you want to know that, that the Lord is walking with you, you want to surrender your life to Him and live your life in His plan and His purpose for you, then I'd invite you to pray this prayer with me today. It says, Father God, you loved me so much that you sent your only Son to be my Savior. Jesus, forgive me for my sin by your grace and restore me to you. Jesus, be the Savior and Lord of my life and help me follow you. I say yes to you today, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer today and you'd like to know more about taking those next steps in your faith in Christ, would you reach out to us 
through our website or through social media? Would you connect with us in some way and just let us know that you've made a decision to trust Christ with your life? We'd love to celebrate with you, send you some resources and and, and help you take this initial step in this new faith journey and trusting Christ with your life. We look forward to hearing from you soon.